Hello from the ABA Mid-Year Meeting 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Bill Choi. Judge Bernice Donald. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. back. We are at Caesars Palace here at the ABA Mid-Year Meeting. Uh, this is day two of our coverage, and I have a wonderful panel of guests here. We got this put together yesterday, as I recall, Bill. We finally got everything reserved and ready to go. So thank you so much, Bill Choik, for joining us, and also Judge Bernice Donald. Thank you for joining us on the air today. Thank you, uh, thank Lawrence. You. So we're going to be talking about, uh, there was a presentation called Lawyers Without Rights, Jewish Lawyers in Germany under the Third Reich. So that was the name of the presentation, but we're also talking about the book, and the book was called Lawyers Without Rights, The Fate of Jewish Lawyers in Berlin After 1933. And all of these are under a program called Lawyers Without Rights. And I want to get into that because this is an ongoing program that's building some awareness of what lawyers, uh, Jewish lawyers in particular, were under, the pressure they were under during the Third Reich, 1933. So who wants to go first? Where should we start? Oh, you know what? I no, we should get your bios because that's only fair. Uh, we're at a mid-year meeting. And so why don't we start with your honor? Yes, I'm Judge Bernice Donald. I am a judge with the United States Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. That covers Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky, and Tennessee. But more importantly, I am chair of the American Bar Association Center for Human Rights. And the Lawyers Without Rights exhibit and program is a project under the Center for Human Rights. And we're so fortunate to collaborate with Bill Choik, who has been amazing in uh, organizing programs and speaker series and really helping us educate. Because while we will talk today about lawyers under the Third Reich, there is currency and applicability today. And that's one of the things we want to talk about. And he's going to talk about a program that we're going to be having later in New York. And so we're really excited. Bill. Well, as a staff person back in 2011, we were approached by the German Federal Bar to help bring this exhibit, Lawyers Without Rights, to Washington, and I was tasked with doing that. At that time, I was the uh, senior advisor to the executive director. And in working with the German Federal Bar, we grew and grew and grew, and we expanded really their exhibit into a book. And so now it's a, a full-fledged program. I'm the director of it, as well as I do some stuff in the media relations area. And uh, it's, it's a growing program that we hope to grow even further. Well, the, the title jumped out at me uh, when you presented it to me, uh, Bill. And, you know, one of the, I think one of the most profound experiences I've had uh, in my adult life is I, I did go to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. And when I was there, it was, uh, there was definitely some tensions in the Middle East. And uh, one of the quotes, uh, kind of on the backside, it's like sort of the second half of the museum tour was a quote by Eisenhower, and I'm going to botch it. I don't have it exactly, but he said, the reason we commissioned this uh, this museum was so that people would not forget and, and they would not be able to say that this was all made up. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. And then shortly thereafter, the president of Iraq, of Iran, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, was denying that the Holocaust ever happened. And so very poignant, you know, made the point, you know, it's important for us to remember our history. Otherwise, we are doomed, I believe, to repeat it. And so when I saw this out there, I definitely wanted to, to build some awareness. I saw that there was an exhibit. So why don't we start with that? So, uh, Bill, you sent me a one-pager talking about the exhibits and what it contains. And let, let's talk about that and the, uh, the stories that are behind it. Well, I think, you know, the, the exhibit and the book, which is this companion project, really puts the human face on the Holocaust. And particularly it tells the, the, the Holocaust deniers, look, these are real people. They're not made up. 
And what's interesting here is the, the book itself was written by a German historian, social scientist. What we did is took the German book and translated it into English. And there's 1,600 different bios of Berlin lawyers alone, uh, of which we know the fate of about 1,400 of them. And that included uh, more than 500 who either committed suicide or died in the camps. As Bill said, it's a really compelling issue. And I think one of the things that that I focus on uh, and encourage people to focus on, because we have to ask the question, can anything like this ever happen again? And it reminds us that while we as lawyers see ourselves as protecting rights and exalting the rule of law, that sometimes those who are the keepers of the law, those who are the ones who have fidelity to the law can end up being oppressed if we're not vigilant uh, in protecting rights. So we have to, as, as Bill said, learn that history, understand the lessons that flow from that. And we know now, I mean, we, we sometimes get complacent because we've grown up in a democracy with a written constitution and a strong enforcement and awareness of those laws. But that doesn't eliminate the obligation and the necessity to learn the history and to keep that fidelity to the law. This has application not just for Jewish lawyers, but it has lessons all around the world. And the the Center for Human Rights is constantly monitoring, teaching, uh, helping to support, enforce, and bring awareness, which is why we were so excited about the opportunity to collaborate on getting this exhibit and doing programming around this uh, throughout the country. I know there's like multiple pieces to the exhibit and it travels around the country and it goes to, uh, Bill, you were sharing with me some of the different venues that this exhibit will pop up in. We have been uh, at temples, we've been federal courthouses, state supreme courts, public libraries. Uh, We will be on uh, February 7th in conjunction with the visit of the uh, Minister of Justice of Germany. We'll be at the New York City Bar. And as an example of the programming we have, we've put together a program titled uh, Legal Lessons from the Holocaust When Lawyers Remain Silent. And that will include uh, the granddaughter of Justice Jackson, who's a uh, uh, a judge uh, in New York City on the trial bench in felony trial. It'll include the Minister of Justice. It'll include former Congresswoman Liz Holtzman. It'll include a very uh, famed legendary lawyer named Michael Tiger. So uh, it's that kind of programming that we want to, uh, to use to actually raise more awareness and more interest in the subject matter because, as Ben Ferenc said in the book in his foreword, these lawyers didn't either die or lose their legal profession in vain. We need to remember them. Well, let's talk about the people that provided the foreword of the book. This is really interesting selection, I thought, for people to but, make. But, Lawrence, qu- before you do that, if I could just uh, oh, sure, sure. mention one thing. Bill mentioned uh, Ben Ferenz, and I just want the audience to know that Ben Ferenz was the Nuremberg prosecutor. He prosecuted that case when he was a 27-year-old lawyer. And I just want the listening public out there to know that whether you're a young lawyer or a seasoned lawyer or anyone else, you know, there is a role to play in protecting human rights, civil rights, and upholding the rule of law. And so now I'll, I'll let you finish your question, but I just have to tell the people, Ben Ferenz is an amazing individual who's still with us and still how, on fire. How old is he now? He is now, I believe, 97. Oh, wow. Yes. I, I hate to correct the okay, judge, 95. Your Honor. <laughs> I think he is 99 and will turn 100 this year. Oh, pardon me. Wow. Okay. That, that yes. is impressive. But he's, he's still here. Now, he's one of the people that is forwarded on the back of the book, right? We had three forwards. Uh, okay. One from uh, Mr. Ferenz, who's a remarkable man. 
Uh, the other from Justice Breyer, uh, who, you know, who has talked on these, some of these issues. And third from Ronald Abramson. Now, Ronald Abramson is lesser known, lawyer, philanthropist. He actually contributed some, some money to help pay for that book and the translation. But uh, his father, Alfred Abramson, um, was a uh, chief developer of the Holocaust Museum in D.C., Your Honor, I have a a question for you as an adjudicator of law. You know, when you, as you're involved with the organization and you're reading these accounts and you're uh, reliving history and you see, and you already know what happened, you know what the aftermath was, how, how scary is that for you? It, it is think about. Yeah, it, it's it's very scary because while we're talking about lawyers' rights, we have to also understand that in that account uh, back in, in Berlin, judges also allowed themselves to, well, I, I guess I shouldn't say allowed themselves, but they abdicated their role as neutral arbiters and became, uh, I guess at one point, agents of the state. And it is so important to have a strong, independent, and accountable judiciary. So to learn the lessons uh, for the purpose of making sure that we understand the importance of those separate and co-equal branches and that the judiciary safeguards independence is very, very important. And, I, you know, I always ask that question, can this happen again? And it can happen if we remain silent uh, in the face of oppression and tyranny. We see that in countries. We have a strong tradition of uh, democracy and fidelity to the rule of law, but we have to constantly work and be vigilant to safeguard that. I also want to mention when Bill talked about the places where the exhibit had gone, one of the places he neglected to mention was Tennessee. We had uh, the exhibit at Belmont University School of Law in Nashville, and uh, we were hosted there by uh, Alberto Gonzalez, the dean and former uh, attorney general of the United States. And he was very, very moved by the exhibit. Uh, and and was very supportive of our work. So I wanted to make sure that I put that on the record. Yeah, I think that was one of the, uh, Your Honor, that was a, a terrific answer to my question. And that was one of the most profound things I learned at the Holocaust Museum. You know, you, you go through this very abbreviated history, you're working through a decade, and, you know, you're sort of fast forwarding and, and you're watching all these very extreme, awful things happen. You're like, how did this happen? How did this, you know, suddenly come to be? And it, and it did. And it was slowly over time, as you were saying, and and, and the uh, the requirement to be diligent. But I remember looking at, at a picture and uh, the way they did the museum is incredible. If anybody, I'm not trying to be an advertiser for it, but it is, a, it is an amazing experience, a very educational, very sobering. Sure. Very sobering experience. I mean, go there, go they're very guarded uh, yes. because it is it is very traumatic and uh, you know maybe not the best place for young people uh, children but I looked at a picture and there, there was a scient- uh, there was a doctor who had was uh, standing next to uh, someone of mental disabilities uh, that they just euthanized and that was the moment when it all came into focus the perversion that had happened uh, these these uh, these protectors we have in society uh, you as a judge yes. a protector of yes. society uh, arbiter of the law our attorneys uh, doctors and scientists and and everybody had kind of fallen down and this was allowed to sweep over this doctor thought he was doing something good at least his smile indicated that was it. And it's just amazing to me how the dominoes tumble so quickly right. over a short period of time and end up where we ended up in World War II. And so, I don't know, just kind of wanted to leave that. I know it's kind of a, 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 it's a serious sort of a commentary though, but I just kind of wanted to leave it there. And, yes, it, and, it's, and, it's an important lesson that we must never forget. We must never forget and we must always remain vigilant. And I would add that, you know, Hitler had a playbook by undermining, for undermining the rule of law by going after the lawyer, Jewish lawyers, which at the time in Germany 
uh, were about 5,000 and represented uh, a significant part of the Berlin Bar, which was the most important city, but, but throughout uh, the country, and historically were known to get into the way. And uh, there's not one way to undermine the rule of law. There's many ways. But we can still learn from the tactics that were used then to be on guard. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. I have one more question for you, and it's obviously a very important topic. And uh, and I wanted to, you know, just give an opportunity for our listeners, if they're out there and they want to get involved, uh, yes. you know, with, with you all and your efforts, how can they find you? So I want to start with you, Your Honor. Absolutely. You can find me at Michael Pates at AmericanBar.org. He's our staff director, and uh, we would love to hear from people, and we'd love to have you involved. How about you, Bill? Easiest ways to, uh, there's a website, www.lawyerswithoutrights.com, and there's an email on the website, my email, my personal email, but also lwr at americanbar.org. And just a quick follow-up, the exhibit's traveling, so where where are some of the next stops? Uh, The next stop actually is in New York, and then we hope to bring it to New Jersey. That hasn't been right afterwards. And then um, we uh, plan to uh, go out to San Diego, uh, fun in the sun, out on the West Coast, and uh, for a Law Day, which is May 1st. And one more time with that title of the book. Lawyers Without Rights, The Fate of Jewish Lawyers in Berlin After 1933. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us thank and you, uh, sharing your wisdom here. This has been another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. I want to thank our guests for joining us today. And also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please find us, subscribe, rate, and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Consult a lawyer.